You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. Welcome back, listeners. We are so excited to be breaking the silence with Zachary and Rachel Andrews. And today we are going to be talking about trust in specifically a marriage relationship and and what trust looks like after it maybe has been breached or because of like pornography or just how to build trust through difficult things. And I'm so excited to learn from both of these incredible people. But before we jump into their wisdom, let's just learn a little bit about them. Zachary and Rachel, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, Zach and I met in college at BYU our freshman year. Um, We both served missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then we're married about six months after we got home. We're and part of that 10%. They say, <laughs> they say only 10% make it through, but we, 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 when our missions came back and we're like, yeah, we still like each other. So <laughs> uh, We'll be married five years in December. We have a two-year-old. Her name is Tris. She's so much fun. Zach is pursuing a career in law enforcement right now. And I work as a freelance graphic designer. And right now we are in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, we're in Las Vegas right now. Las Vegas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And it's so wonderful to have you, Rachel, on this episode. So we had Zachary on a previous episode. I think one of the first five or so. But now we get the privilege of having both of them together with us today. And we're so grateful that they can join us again. And you guys are here. That's why we are super happy to be here, especially with my better half. Yeah, super. That's what was missing from the last one. (laughs) Of course, of course. And you guys are how old, if you don't mind saying? Yeah, we're both 26. 26. Oh, nice. Me too, me too. 26 too, yeah. (laughs) Yes, it's good age. (laughs) Well, wonderful. Yeah, as Chriselle was saying, we're all here together to talk about trust. So let's start with how did you together as a couple begin establishing and building trust and maybe some experiences that can help illustrate how that worked out? I definitely wanted to address a specific experience that we had having to do with pornography and and recovery. And uh, the very, I specifically want to talk about the first time I was able to talk with Rachel about pornography. And that was really kind of the foundational experience. A little bit of background on that. As she said, like we went on our missions, we came back, um, but she hadn't known anything about my pornography use at that time. And we actually got engaged. She still didn't know. And we're getting closer to the time where we uh, were gonna get married. And I started getting these thoughts that you know, this is still a part of my life. It's still something that really kind of bothers me. I was actually in a pretty good place at the time, but I knew more than anything that I needed to talk to her about my pornography use, the past, the present, um, things like that. But I, have you ever just been like so terrified, like paralyzed by fear before? Like, Oh yeah. I, yeah, I was 
paralyzed. Um, I didn't want to talk to her about it because to me it was that moment where she could say, nah, I don't want any part of this and like be done. And I actually prayed a lot about it and I fasted for two days. And in my prayers, I was like, I know I need to do this. Just help me to recognize the moment that I need to talk about this. Because I'd never really talked about it to somebody at that point with success, if that makes sense. On the last podcast, we talked about, like, I, I've had some negative experiences with that. And so I was, like, looking for that positive experience at the time. So we, we got together two days after that initial prayer and fasting. And we were on a date. And... <laughs> We get in the car after the date, and I think I'll let Rachel explain what happened after, yeah. after that part. <laughs> well, since we were engaged, my mom had been bugging me to you know, ask some important questions. So when we were in the car, for some reason, that question came to my mind to ask Zachary if he had struggled with pornography. So we were pulling out of this parking spot, and I asked the question, and I heard nothing, in response and I looked over <laughs> and I saw Zach just, you know, with tears in his eyes and I thought, okay, I need to pull the car <laughs> back into a parking spot. And we had a really long, really great conversation. Something that I didn't think was a problem for Zachary just because of his moral character and how, how he was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, it, it couldn't be, you know, he couldn't struggle with this. So, but in talking about it, I felt like I saw a whole new side to Zach and I felt like I really could understand him a little bit better. And I think that was really the moment where we felt like we could be vulnerable, we can talk about hard things and we can move forward with this. I think that's so beautiful. Something that I really love about your story and that you both shared is that you're, and hopefully, Rachel, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're both very prayerful about this conversation. And I think that that's not something that we've necessarily talked about before in this podcast. We've definitely talked about listening to your heart and, and those kind of things. But I think that that is so important because this is the scariest conversation, I think, to have, period. And it doesn't matter what stage you are in your relationship. It's scary because there's often a lot of pain on both sides. And so I love that you included heaven and you really wanted to understand each other, it sounds like, and you really wanted to be honest and open with each other. I think that those are really key points in establishing trust. And that was like, seriously, the, what she was talking about when I was, when she saw me in tears, literally the first thing I was thinking was, oh my gosh, this is the answer to that. I, I asked to know and recognize that moment. And I was expecting anywhere between an angel showing up and <laughs> saying, this is the date and time or like a subtle, like nudging, you know, that prompting like, hey, maybe you should do that. But I did not expect her to be the one to ask the question mm. and I knew at that moment it's like yeah this is the moment this is the time this is the time to come clean because I as you were saying like it was the scary it's still probably to this day the scariest moment of my entire life like this could go one way or it could go completely the opposite way and so yeah no I definitely needed that heaven's help right there <laughs> for sure 
Yeah. yeah. And what's beautiful is that an angel happened to. Yeah. <laughs> you are absolutely right, Creed. <laughs> this is the time and the place. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. That is uh-huh. wonderful. Now always address it as that. <laughs> so sweet. So nice. That's wonderful. So I want to know, because I know that that conversation uh, was hard, period. I want to know what helped you both to trust each other, not only through that conversation. And I think, I think also trust is bigger than just like trusting each other with this topic, right? This is being able to trust everything. I'm so glad that we're talking about this specifically with marriage, because I think your marriage relationship is different than any other relationship that you ever have. 100%. Because other relationships, like you can trust each other, and you don't have to tell each other everything. <laughs> For sure. You don't have to share bank accounts or like, <laughs> like there's the, or at least we hope you don't. Have to. Right, right. right. <laughs> that's, the point. That's, that's the case. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much more at stake in a marriage relationship. And, and it's a lot more of a, a vulnerable relationship, even, even as an engaged, like, I mean, you're, you're still like, preparing for that full sharing as an engaged couple but talk to me about some of the things that helped you to establish trust for sure so like I mentioned before I never thought that Zachary could struggle with something like pornography because my you know ignorant mind thought only bad people do pornography so when Zach uh, opened up to me to me it was a testament that okay, not everyone who struggles with pornography is a bad person. And, you know, we were friends for a couple of years before that point. And there was a lot of things that I loved about Zachary and who he was and how he, you know, his integrity, I guess. I knew at that point that this was something that he struggled with, but it wasn't who he was. And so I think that really laid the foundation and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, five years, almost five years later, I feel like on the days where we struggle and maybe I don't like him as much. Um, and there are days. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the things that I love about him. And I remember, you know, our friendship. And I remember, you know, that he's just trying his best. And I struggle as well with, you know, different trials and challenges and I'm not perfect all the time. So to expect perfection, you know, especially in this area of recovery from him is unrealistic. Not that I can't have high expectations for him. And that is an expectation that I do have. I mean, I think we both have high Mm -hmm. expectations for each other, but at the end of the day, I know that this isn't who he is. It is just something that he struggles with. I guess it's like focusing in on the good rather than the bad. Like actually actively saying, you know, this is a bad thing, but this is not who they are, just as you were saying. And from that point, nothing was too awkward to talk about, I guess. Like nothing was too scary to talk about. And so vulnerability just became a part of our discussions from then on, like, she knew the deepest, darkest secret of my life. And so it's not like I couldn't share anything else with her. And so no matter what we talked about from then on, I, I felt like I could always be more and more and more open. Mm-hmm. 
that's so wonderful that after that initial discussion, you know, every conversation after that, hard topics were easier to discuss. So what I, what I hear from what you guys are saying is when trust is kind of ruptured to a degree, when Zachary has a relapse in pornography or when a different aspect of trust, when you're not on time to something when you said you would be. So it sounds like you're saying you remember what you love them for, why you engage in the relationship. You remember the good parts of it. You focus on the good. You have empathy and realize where they're coming from. But I know so much in the moment when trust is ruptured right then, like it's so hard to think like that. And all we can feel is, you know, how can I ever trust this person again? I mean, at least for me, I feel like that can happen for me. And when I've broken trust for other people, I can see, oh my goodness, are they ever going to trust me again? When you're in that moment of ruptured trust, what do you guys do to kind of, I guess, get to that point of, you know, all those things that you listed of doing? Is it easy? Is it hard? Is it something that takes a while? Or is there a time where you're like, you know what, I need my space and I can't trust you right now, but maybe over time I will. How does that process look like? Yeah, that is such a good question because I definitely know at the beginning of our marriage as a newlywed, what I needed from him was to be able to talk about it right then, resolve it, and then move on. But now as a working mom, we both have very almost opposite schedules. And so when Zachary tells me that he's relapsed or, you know, that trust is broken, I realize that I need more time and space to process it because I already have a million things running through my brain and mind and my to-do list is, you know, super long. And so I would say that every time that we do have a breach in trust or we have to talk to each other, it's never easy. But because I always want to be able to work through it and because I always want to be able to trust him, I feel like that's what motivates me to have the hard conversations and to be able to talk through it. But yeah, like I said, now I feel like I need to be able to sleep on it. I need to be able to process it and to think about, you know, what boundaries need to be readjusted and different expectations. And I think through a lot of small actions that trust is rebuilt, it really just depends on what happened and being able to talk through it, I think really helps me. But sometimes I need some time to think about it so that I don't say something I'll regret. And, I, and on my end, real quick, I do want to point out something that Rachel's kind of taught me is that there are seasons in our lives. Um, and there's a reason why in the beginning in our marriage, it was always handled very quickly in a short amount of time, pretty straight to the point kind of a thing is that at that time, our life was very simple. Um, we were newlywed. We were Simpler. in school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're newlywed. We're in school. We're thinking about very little outside of that little realm. And so we were able to tackle those things. But as time moves on, we're moving on to different seasons in our lives. Life gets more complicated and whatnot. And so for my part, I know that if I breach trust for her, what I can do is I can offer up my I guess just open up my heart and say, this is what happened, but then leave it in her court and say like, when, when you need to talk to me about this, you can't like, I leave it with you to come and talk to me. I, I don't come over to her and push her and be like, let's, let's discuss this. Let's do this, that, that kind of thing. Um, but when she's ready to do it, we're going to come back to it. And if it feels like it's been a long time to even leave a reminder, like, when do you want to talk about this? Because I don't want it to go without being talked about, if that makes sense. Like, 
think that's really beautiful. And what I heard from both of you is different sides of humility. And, and not that you weren't humble initially, but just that like really surrendering to the process and allowing the emotions to sit there, allowing and giving yourself space and time to process it and to feel it while juggling everything else, but also allowing the other person's experience to be what it is. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think that that shows a lot of maturity in your relationship and and in your your marriage. And I think that that leads to, I mean, I would guess, I don't know, because I'm not in your marriage. I'm not like a part of it all the time. But I would guess that that leads to healthier communication in the long run. Absolutely. And I I do want to point out real quick that it's... obviously hasn't been perfect in going through like the process of learning how to do this to kind of like give an example. I, I know of one time in the last year or so I, uh, I made a mistake, I had a relapse and I've been so used to like kind of addressing it pretty quickly that like I had mentioned, I had told her about it and whatnot, left it in her court and then time went by and we hadn't really talked about it. And I assumed almost in my head, I assumed like, oh, I guess she's over it and that kind of a thing. And so I moved on and, um, but she hadn't. And then came to me a while later when I thought it was already resolved. And that was a big mistake um, on my part for that. You know, I, I didn't realize like she did need that time to process that. And that was something new. And so I had to learn that at that, at that moment. Yeah. Well, I- keeping the lines of communication open as well is so important because when you make assumptions or, you know, maybe I should have come sooner to talk about it, but when I'm trying to process it, sometimes my mind makes assumptions and I go to, you know, dangerous place. And I think like I make assumptions on what he, why he did it or how that impacts me. And, and so I think just keeping the line of communication open and asking the hard questions and just, coming out and saying it and asking the questions, I think that makes a big difference. This has been so wonderful. I just think that, again, you both have such incredible wisdom that we could all learn so much from. Silly. (laughs) So grateful for both of you. And it's been so fun. We've known each other for a couple of years. It's been so fun to see you grow and change even through that. And so thank you for being willing to open up and share with us. Of course. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals, and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.